everyone, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. It is in between the week of Christmas and New Year, and if you're like me and you've had all the leftovers and the only things on TV are uh, reruns of Pointless and Ross and Run, you're probably ready to watch some football. Obviously, in the NFL, you've got Week 17 coming up, um, which is going to be great because you've got so many different things going on, but you've also got... Um, a stacked weekend of college. It started already, but you know this weekend is sort of the the culminary of it. The, the college bowl season sort of resides this weekend, and uh, I guess the reason I wanted to start pro football Ireland was not only look at the NFL, but to look at college football, to look at the game in Ireland itself, and to also look at the game around Europe. So it's good to talk about college football today. I'm delighted to be joined by Dark Car Twenty Four Seven Sports PFF among many different. Places, Dara, have I first off, well, first off, Falcha, welcome. Have I got that bio right or have I completely messed up? Yeah, no, that's a bit spot on. Thanks for having me. That's about the, <laughs> the most accurate way you can put it. There's a, there's a lot of things I'll be at, but they're the two main ones. So, yeah, that's bang on. Happy days. I, it's, it's always good to chat to a local lad as well. So, apologies to anybody in Kerry that hasn't got a clue what we're talking about here. You know, it's grand. I mean, we feel the same, lads, to be fair. Um, here, it's, it's a good crack, because huh? we, 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 I was chatting the boys, Dara, just over the last two or three months and they were talking about the need for just talking a bit more about college football granted it's difficult to talk about anywhere from 80 to 100 games a weekend but when you get down to this point of the season it doesn't just open up possibilities for who's going to get to the national championship which is basically if you're not aware folks it's like the main the main game at the end of the season in college football that's i think it's on the 9th of january and um, it but it also dara looks at the nfl draft and um, i i know you watch as much college football as you can i guess before we look at these games um how excited are you know how excited are you as a football fan with the prospects from this draft this year is there anybody that you're keeping your eye on or are you just at the minute just sort of sitting like a farmer at the cow mart just having a look at all the talent or what's the track of the minute yeah well well, over the course of the college season you're just sort of you know you see prospects being pointed out and different sort of things like that but um I mean, this draft's shaping up to be a lot better than last year's draft. Uh, seems to be a lot more, especially offensive talent in it. Um, there'll be some of that on show in the in the college football playoffs. Obviously, CJ Stroud for Ohio State is probably a top two or three pick uh, quarterback. Um, there's a handful of other talented offensive players, but they're not necessarily coming out this year. Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, for any older fans who remember Marvin Harrison, uh, he makes you feel very old, but he's got another year of, of college eligibility. Ability, so he'll be back at Ohio State. Um, other than that, really, there's it's a it's a it's a deep playoff full of like a, there's a lot of talent in all four of them teams. But uh, there's the offensive talent isn't through the roof in these playoffs. A lot of it was just lost to the regular season. There, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is another big name at receiver. He's opted out of these playoffs. So I've never that's never sat well with me. Don't don't like opt what, out. No, but like, what's the crack of that? Like that, that that's ridiculous because like up here for us and the guy that's like somebody opting out of like the mechanic cup, isn't it? And then going to show play. Like yeah. I I just don't get it. Like it's it's strange because if you've worked all season and it's one game, why not just be active, have a couple of plays. Don't, don't get me wrong, something can happen, but like I guess it's like going back to watching Friday Night Lights and your man goes down in the play. I mean, God forbid something like that happened, but uh, I just, you know, it does not sit right with me. I'm sorry. I I think like you're, you're looking, and I was going to talk about this very quickly afterwards, but you look at um, the situation with primetime in Colorado. He goes back to Jackson State, and I think he's co- or he is or he has coached or he's going to coach this bowl game, but yeah. like it's like him walking back in and everyone's like, hmm. But then for a player to not do it, it's I personally think it's disappointing because you should 
you know, that college has made you the player that you are, regardless of the standing of the college or, or you. I, I think it's only right to go out and play one more time, albeit yeah. the odds might be stacked against you. Especially, I, I think that teams, um, I don't mind players opting out at the start of the season and saying, listen, I'm good enough to just go to the NFL. That's what Nick Bosa did. Jamar Chase did that too at LSU. But there's no reason to sort of lead the team on all year. And then when it gets to the nitty gritty, just say, right, I'm way on to the NFL here. <laughs> it's a bit far. It's a bit mad, like, and I guess at the minute, and folks, like, this is why I'm I'm trying to keep this podcast as open as possible for people that maybe watch the NFL and you know look like me, for example. You watch as much college football as you can, but you know you got the Premier League and your wife or husband, for example, at the weekend. You can't sit on a Saturday as well, and um, you know if people aren't aware of it, Dara, obviously you got at the minute you got a Final Four sort of situation with four teams that's going to be expanded in the next few years. I think when it is expanded, it's going to be really, really awesome. Uh, my whole background with college football is I just watch it. I only I, I, I support the Buffs because of I support the Broncos in Denver, and I'm not just saying I, I do want to get this on record before you know if this does become a whole thing over the next couple <laughs> of years. Because, um, being the two Buffs games, and I genuinely couldn't believe it when um, when, when Sanders w- w- was announced going to Colorado, and then the C and his son is now going to be quarterback. It's just it's a really really intriguing time do you do you have a team or are, are you wisconsin if you're a packers fan or are you just jumping on the bandwagon with all them or listen i i like to sort of i am notre dame fan i do i do i'll stick by notre dame but on <laughs> that, i do like to actually just bounce around whatever team it's it's some people will call it bandwagon i think i'm more so i like to jump on whatever team's cool tennessee were very cool this year and i thought you know what i'm just gonna like just yeah I'm, I watch Tennessee's games and support Tennessee. I did the same thing with, you know, um, LSU back when Burrow was there. I mean, there's just certain teams that really click and are really fun. I will do support Wisconsin as well. Yeah, just through that Packers connection. Penn State's another team that I don't mind. So they'd be my main teams. But uh, other than that, it, it's sort of just, you know, letting it go free. You know, you're, you're sort of, you have your team to worry about on a Sunday. You don't need any more to worry about on a Saturday. <laughs> It's funny because like you've obviously got Notre Dame playing in Dublin next year, which is going to be fun, and I know yeah. we'll all be there having the crack. Please God, uh, playing Navy, and then you've got at least three more games in Dublin. I want to ask you this before we look at these games, and I, I will shut up for people on the podcast after this. But I asked Michaela Mark this last week, and we and we had a discussion about it. How awesome would it be to have a bowl game in Dublin? Imagine, imagine it's I don't know Thursday, December the twenty ninth. And there's a bowl game at six o'clock in the evening in the Aviva, one o'clock Eastern. Everyone's on the pints having a crack. Why not make it happen? There's nothing going on in the Aviva at that time of the year. It would be it would it would be perfect, wouldn't it? And I, I don't agree with the whole oh it could be hard with getting the people over in such a short period of time as Christmas. I still think it would do well because it's a bowl game, it means something. And you know, you you're always gonna have like like look at Alabama this year. Their, their fans travel. They're not going to be playing for the championship. You, you're you always going to have a team like that each year, potentially, where you could go, okay, do you know what? Come to Dublin. And it could be like the Erlingus Bowl or something else where, yes, you have a game in August, but then you also have that bowl game and that bridges the gap. I, I genuinely think it would be perfect to have a bowl game in Dublin. Yeah, I, I don't see. I never actually thought of that before, and I, I don't see why not. They already have one in Hawaii. They drag two teams out there every year. Um, I don't see why they can jump over the other ocean and come here. The Shamrock Bowl or anything like that sounds perfect. Just let it happen. That stadium's lying dormant at the minute, so yeah, I'll get a bit of use out of it. 
<laughs> right here anyway we've got two games this weekend and that is it until well look there's multiple there's more bowl games here at the minute like they've, they've got a bowl game for mashed potato and sausage rolls and everything so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go into it the, the first bowl game that we're gonna have here is this game between michigan and tcu and it's at nine o'clock ireland time uh the fiesta bowl it's called for some strange reason dara and um, I guess you know Michigan are unbeaten throughout the season, which is not it's not a it's not like the NFL where it's like oh my god they're unbeaten. This is yeah. incredible. They're led by JJ McCarthy, quarterback Donovan Edwards, a running back Jim Harbour, who people will know in the NFL this time in Baltimore. Potentially Jim Harbour could be in the NFL next season. There's going to be a real coaching merry-go-round in the NFL, and I think if, if this this if it's, if it's not the year where he moves now, I think he's going to be at Michigan for a long, long time. And um, TCU Dara is a team where you know the Horn Frogs they've they've they're, they're they're twelve and one. They have had a number of interesting victories this year. They beat Kansas State. They were ranked tenth for eleventh in the country at one point. Um, they beat Texas. They also beat Texas Tech. You know, they they've had a really really good season. But I guess the story for TCU is the quarterback Max Duggan. Um, he can really do it all as well. Quentin Johnson on. on on the receiving court, but the thing about that is, both like for, for both teams, are is both teams have got really, really good defense as well, and it's it's a really, really exciting game on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this is it's it's rare you see a team like TCU go this far. You know, it's a team that really through recruiting it'll feed off of the scraps of Texas and Texas A&M and it, it's really just gets whatever's left in Texas uh, they do a really good job at developing whatever uh, talent they get in there uh, look no further than Max Duggan I mean like he's he's not the most talented uh, like athletic and all toonsy quarterback you'll ever see he's declared for the draft but he'll probably be a day three pick at, at best you know but he's come up big for them several occasions this year an NFL team an NFL team they really remind me of is uh, the Vikings where they just seem to keep winning these games and the margins of winning just keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller and you you're saying when's this team going to get found out when's this team you know gonna get what's coming to them but they, they never seem to get it they, they lost that that bowl game or sorry the big 12 championship game against kansas state but uh they already had done enough to to secure their playoff position so they're a team that has just got by all year they've come up clutch when they've needed to and there's not nothing stopping them from beating michigan at the weekend although although i will say michigan are so deep so much deeper so much more talented on both sides of the ball really They'll miss Blake Corum at running back. Um, he's out with a season end, end an injury. Donovan Edwards has come in and he's been very, very good in his place. Uh, obviously, JJ McCarthy, quarterback, has a key can run too. So they're kind of built off that run game and read options and, and stuff of that nature. They absolutely destroyed Ohio State in one of the biggest shocks of the season in, in Ohio State Stadium. And so, I mean, it's a... It's an interesting matchup. Obviously, Michigan are deserved favourites, but uh, I can't rule out the team that's just been winning all year in TCU. What's your take on Coach Harbour? Obviously, he's been in Michigan for a few years now. He went from Baltimore there, and I think uh, no, he didn't go from Baltimore there. Can I apologize? He went from the 49ers. Oh, I keep thinking of John, and I said that a second ago. I'm so sorry, folks. It's it's Christmas. I need coffee. <laughs> but he went from the Niners to to, to Michigan, and he's a real uh, players coach. He he eats with the guys. He he trains with the guys. He does as much as he can to be involved with the team. It's it's a really interesting game because you know 
Harbour will be judged on how far he can take Michigan, like every coach is, but he will desperately want to get his team to the championship game and to win a title from, from Michigan. Do you think the next two to three weeks could play a huge role in his future? Because if he was to win the national championship, do you think he would happily go back to the NFL or do you think he has it maybe not easy at the moment? Do you think he's more comfortable where he is at the minute? It's, it's difficult to know. Um, obviously, there were strong links to the NFL last year with um, Harbaugh and there were several teams that were lined up uh, that wanted to interview him. Uh, I think, yeah, if they were to win the national championship, it's more likely that he would leave compared to losing it because they've been so, so close the last two years. Um, like This has been the best season Michigan have had in a long, long time. I think if he was to go back to the NFL, you know, there's... I'd, I'd say there's only a handful of teams that he'd be willing to coach, similar to Sean Payton at the minute. He's just trying to get in with the Chargers or the Dolphins, which is not a possibility now with Mike McDaniel. Um, not sure who those teams would be exactly, but he strikes me as that kind of coach who would, uh, you know, he wouldn't want a scrappy team, a team at the bottom of the barrel. He's he's proved himself as a coach up to this point. He's coached in a Super Bowl. He's If he was to win a national championship, that's just another thing in his resume. And finally, just on TCU, Max Duggan has obviously declared for the draft. It's it's interesting because a lot of people were not 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 annoyed at that, but I think a lot of fans were like, "Can you wait until afterwards?" Because TCU are not there every year. You know, should he maybe allow them to wait? Um, I mean, he should. I, I'm not sure at the minute if he's got to call up to the senior bowl, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that in a few weeks' time. Any idea where he might go in the draft? I mean, he's sort of a fringe prospect at the minute, isn't he, in the sense of some of the guys that you've mentioned there? Because it is a very, very heavy quarterback draft. Yeah, there's a lot of top quarterbacks in this draft. Um, God, it's really difficult to know where he'd end up. I think if a team like who already have an older quarterback and just thought, you know, we'll keep this guy as a developmental sort of project on the side going forward. Um, but then you look at that and say, well, would he not be better off getting the guy with the big arm and doesn't exactly have the mental part of the game figured out yet instead of Duggan who's a bit more of like a polished passer or you know he he knows his way how to manage an offense but he'll just always be limited by the by the arm capabilities I I can't say who he'd go to but I mean like he's probably a backup level NFL QB similar to Jake Fromm if anyone remembers him from his time in Georgia you know he'll probably get a, a random start due to an injury some as every big college quarterback seems to always get. You've seen Ellinger with the Colts all year, someone like that. Ellinger should really have got more of a shout on Monday Night Football. Like yeah. towards the end of that game, it was like, just go in, mate. Like put him in. But then again, when your head coach is Jeff Saturday, who knows what's yeah. going to happen there? You know? And I, I love Jeff Saturday, but like, come on, mate, you got to start him. Um, I'm gonna take Michigan in overtime. Overtime. Over, I think it's be a classic, man. I, like the, the only bad thing about this for us is it's New Year's Eve. Now you're at the age you, you're like for people listening to this, star, you're a young man in comparison to me. You can sort of get around and watch this. For me, it's like New Year's Eve. My wife will not be happy. I remember two or three years ago. My, my wife, to be fair, to, to be fair, to Lynch, very very supportive. I remember two or three years ago when the NFL was on New Year's Eve, and she's like, "What are we doing? Like, why are we watching this?" Like, um. And then we were in Denver for New Year's Eve one year as well. It was the same. So um, Michigan will win, this, will win this game. I think they're going to have too much for them. But I, I think TCU will battle and they'll, they'll take them as, as far as it goes. I, I've got the game going for the duration. Man. I, got, I don't know how long it'll take in overtime, but I've, I've got Michigan winning in overtime. Am I crazy or 
What's your thoughts? I don't actually think that's that's too crazy, no, because I mean TCU have stayed in every single game this year. I think they'll hang in it for at least a half um before Michigan might become too much for them. It could go the distance, it could go completely TCU's way. I mean, it's just a, a bounce of a ball one way or another can be the difference in this one. Um I think Michigan probably have their talent will probably win out, their depth will probably win out. Um it's I feel like this one is more likely to end in an upset than the next game we're about to talk about, which I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion or not. Uh, just because I think TCU have a history of upsets, of shocking games, and they're not going to be scared to fight in this one. They're not going to be scared to really, really put it up to Michigan. Let's talk about this next game. It's, it's interesting that you're saying that already before we even talk about it as well. It's funny. Um, yeah, we've got Georgia going up against Ohio State. Now, that, 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 that Michigan game is at 9 o'clock in Ireland. This Georgia-Ohio State game is at 1 a.m. in Ireland. You can watch that Michigan game on TV. If you're in Dublin, you can also watch it in the World Shed on Saturday night. Do do check that out if you're listening to this, folks. Uh, so Georgia Ohio State, um, Buckeyes going to Atlanta to try and to try and defeat the Bulldogs in what is called the Peach Bowl. It's a very interesting uh, name for uh, a bowl game, Dara. To be fair, <laughs> Ohio State opened on the line. I think it's like six, six and a half, seven and the uh, seven and a half point underdogs in the situation. That was the first time that they've been underdogs since. They lost to Alabama last year. Um, that's already already interesting, and it's funny because they're they're, they're talking about Ohio State being underdogs, Dara. Where, you know, they're still not a bad team, but I no. guess on its day, even if you have CJ Stroud there, this Georgia team might be too good for them. Or you know, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, look, Ohio State are a very very good team, but in my opinion, there haven't been many better teams in this Georgia outfit in a long long time. Um. If you aren't the biggest follower of college football and you haven't been following college football this year, this Georgia team is unbelievable at almost every single thing you can possibly do in the sport of American football. They have a quarterback who can manage the game perfectly in Stetson Bennett. Uh, he's no longer just this oh, rags-to-riches kind of story of feel-good story. He's a legitimately really good quarterback. He can manage the game perfectly. He's exactly the kind of guy they need. They've got Brock Bowers at tight end, who's maybe the best player in all of college football. And uh, if he's not the best player in all of college football, then Jalen Carter on defense is. Um, he'll be a guy at the very top of the draft uh, in April. And it's just talent everywhere. They're the most dependable team in college football. They show up every single week. I mean, if you were to look at the old, uh, like all the Nick Saban Alabama teams through the years, I think you could make a firm argument that the current Georgia team is maybe better than any team Saban has had. And now that's a big statement. But listen, the way Tennessee were playing at the start of the year and they, they came off that win over Alabama, the way they were putting up monster scores every week, if that team was to play Alabama, roll into to Bryant-Denny Stadium at any time in the Saban era, they would have kept it close. They rolled into Georgia and they got absolutely blown out of the water. Same thing happens in the national championship game, or the sorry, the SEC championship game against LSU. Alabama are not dismantling that LSU team the way the current Georgia team have done. They dominate every side of the both sides of the ball. They're unbelievable up front in the offensive line. They've only had a handful of minor issues on defense, especially their secondary isn't. It's probably their weakest point, but it's still maybe a top ten secondary in all of college football. Um, 
the you, you guys like Keely Ringo at cornerback, he'll be a top prospect in this coming draft. Um it's it's talent absolutely everywhere. It's this main thing I mentioned there is dependability. They show up every week. You're never going to get them running hot or cold. It's the same team every week, and they are absolutely dominant and have been for two seasons now. It's, it's interesting the, the the level you're going into there, and it shows you the depth that that team have. You know, it's funny because you know, Georgia are I think eighth in total yards per game in in college football, second in points allowed, and their defense. As you said, every position they're excelling. Their defense is it's probably the best in the states. The funny thing is, though, um, it's not like you know if you if you look at the way LSU played, they they've got a an, an offense which is ranked in the top forty in in college football. But they had a, a backup quarterback, and they still put up five hundred odd yards. So it's interesting to see what could happen, and um, for Georgia. <laughs> in that game, um, you know that that's the thing. Like when when, when you've got CJ Stroud, who's got the best, he's got the best stats in the country. You you think they have a chance, but I guess for for Ohio State to to, to actually get out there and start well, they need to find a way to you know, put maybe 10, 14 points on the board and hope Georgia don't start off well. I think that's going to be the best sort of start for them. I think the scheme is going to be really interesting. What, what sort of scheme is Ohio State going to put up against Georgia? Um, but when Ohio State is a is an underdog, I think that makes them dangerous. And regardless if it's a semi final of a college football playoff, when they're underdogs, they're going they're they're going to want to go out and put on a performance. And um, Stroud's going to have to have a hell of a game, man, hell of a game. I'll, I, that being said, I'll I'll take Georgia minus fourteen and a half. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this? Um. Listen, as you said, Stroud's going to need a hell of a game. Ohio State, if Ohio State want to win this game, they're going to need to be perfect. Absolutely, that's just the 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 bottom line. Georgia's going to score points at Ohio State. Um, it's up to Ohio State to match them, and that can be a fight that you can find yourself very far behind it very early on. You know, either this game goes down to the wire or this game is seventeen nothing at the end of the first quarter. Uh. It's a really, really difficult team to come up against in Georgia. Of uh, just a few of the players on Ohio State, uh, they're without Trevion Henderson, who's their star running back, and um, behind him is Mayan Williams, who's really emerged this year. Uh, Henderson's been battling injuries. Mayan Williams is questionable for this game, and if he's not playing, Ohio State will really struggle to control the game overall. If they are to keep it tight, keep it tight, um, they'll struggle to move the ball on the ground without either Williams or Henderson. Um, gonna need a massive game out of all their uh, receiving targets, Amika Buka and, and Marvin Harrison, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, then defensively, it's it's gonna be a case of just a handful of stops is all you're gonna need on defense if you can match the offensive output of Georgia. Um, it's 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 a big ask. It's already an uphill climb as soon as the ball's kicked off. I will also take Georgia with the spread. Um, I think that. Georgia and Michigan are the two clearly defined best teams in college football. Uh, if anyone remembers before the playoff, there was the BCS era of college football where you just took the top two teams in the country and played a final. If ever there was a year to do that, I think this would be the year. Uh, <laughs> Ohio State and TCU both entered this playoff on a loss, uh, which is very rare. You see Ohio State almost made it by default. They didn't even play a championship game. Um, so you could say they stumbled their way into the playoffs. You can't rule them out. You can't rule out Stroud and a high-powered offense. But as I said earlier, this Georgia team is just so, so good everywhere. 
I suppose you're saying that because imagine you end up with a GA where they talk the winner of Ulster, the winner of Lancer uh, Connacht. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it would it would be hilarious. You just had the four teams and just went through from there. <laughs> two, two games, that's it. All, all Ireland. Um, yeah, you never you never get Armagh Galway there. You'd be missing yeah, out. No, I mean, <laughs> after all the talk from our from our Armagh boys this year, I I fully expect them to walk the championship in the twenty twenty three. The championship game is on the 9th of January. It's in SoFi Stadium. It looks as from just from our predictions that it's going to be uh, Michigan against Georgia, but time will tell. Dara, mm-hmm. for people looking to follow you, you're at Dara Carher on Twitter, yeah, yeah? and you're if, lo- if loads you of Packers content. Yeah, <laughs> um, almost all Packers content. Um, I don't know. There might be some college football stuff coming. Not sure, um, but uh, it's 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 mainly Packers stuff at the minute. If you're not a fan of the Packers, you can follow along. I'm not gonna not gonna leave you out, but uh, that, that's the place. To, that's the place to go if you support Green Bay. And obviously, a big big few weeks for you boys. You got the Vikings and the Lions. I I like I know it's this college football thing, but it's pro football Ireland, so we can talk about the NFL as well. <laughs> I I think Green Bay will win both those games. I really do, uh, and you probably don't want to hear that, but you know, in terms of your nerves and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I've got Green Bay winning against against Minnesota this weekend. I, I just something tells me Rogers is, is going to find a way to turn it on. Like how far they go in the playoffs is one thing, but I don't know, man. It would just be the most Green Bay Packers thing ever for for them to walk on the line. I, it's the exact same thing I said to my brother when we were watching the games on Christmas Eve. Every game on Christmas Eve went the Packers' way as, as far as making the playoffs is concerned, and it's that's the most Packers thing you're ever going to see. It'll just the gods will fall in their way in situations like this. I don't know. This this week's the biggest challenge. If they can get over the Vikings, I'm really not too concerned about them beating the Lions. Uh, the other thing they need, of course, they need Washington to lose a game and. They played Dallas uh, in week 18. And listen, if Dallas have nothing to play for with a wild card game coming the next week, that could be its own trouble for Green Bay in that case. So um, it, it'll, it'll be interesting there. But um, this week's definitely the biggest hurdle against uh, against Justin Jefferson. He's destroyed the Packers ever since he was drafted. So it, it would be unbelievable if they're getting into the playoffs. Like you, I don't think they're going to go too far in January. Um, but here, it'd be nice to get there instead of sitting and, and watching at home. Let's see what happens. I, I can fully confirm we will not be in SoFi on January the 9th, but we will definitely, if people are up for it, we'll, we'll be back to talk about, uh, or lo, lo, just, just just look ahead of that game. It's it's going to be obviously coming up very, very quickly. So, Dara, look, um, thanks for your time, mate, and I, I look forward to hearing how you've managed to watch two college games while celebrating New Year's Eve. Thanks, of course, that, that's the biggest challenge. Um, it's the biggest challenge every year, but we'll see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time, sir. Good luck. Cheers.